inherently what got us here is not going to get us to wherever it is that we want to go usually. So a lot of the work that I do is, is shedding light on that and then getting a, a good view of, okay, where do we want to go? And then creating a roadmap and then assessing and realigning as we're going along the way. You're listening to Jared Castillo, life coach to teenagers and young adults. After going through the valley in a major way, Jared came out the other side with a wealth of knowledge and life experience he now imparts to help others become their best selves. And today, you're going to hear it because Jared is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today I'm interviewing Jared Castillo, a high-performance life coach for teens and young adults. And if you think you've heard all that life coaches have to say, hang on, because you're definitely in for a treat today. Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure to have you on. I appreciate your time today. I don't normally ask my guests this question, Jared, but I believe my listeners will understand why I'm asking when when they hear your answer. How old are you, Jared? I am 23. 23. Thank you. Listen, solopreneurs, you clearly don't have to run through corporate burnout before going into business for yourself and becoming a successful solopreneur. So Mm -hmm. I just want to right at the top of the show here, just get this out of the way. Do not let age become a stumbling block on getting started. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. You can start your business today if that's what you want to do. And so, uh, Jared, I sure appreciate you being on the show, and I appreciate you being an example for the millennials and the younger folks in our audience. That's awesome, and I really appreciate that about you. I'd love for you to share with our audience how you went from what many might consider just, you know, a, a regular young adult to a, today a successful life coach. What brought you down this road so early in your life? Sure. So, just to make sure I'm hitting the right points, uh, specifically pointing out how I got to where I'm at in terms of coaching and stuff like that. Yeah. What brought you down from, you know, I believe you were in college, you know, and and then you started this business. How did that come about? Yeah, so it actually, it came about as I was leaving college. So when I was in, uh, when I was originally in the beginning of my uh, college education, I took on a mentor who was uh, multiple PhDs in psychology, super brilliant. And he mentored me through a lot of my personal development and growth in like really understanding what was going on up here in my brain. And as I kind of got further down into it, like, you know, I started asking the questions like, you know, what is it that I really want to commit myself to in terms of my work and my legacy or my mission or, you know, what is it that I really want to do? And I had had the experience at one point of working four jobs at one time and was quickly finding that being very unfulfilling. Like, you know, I had the money that I was supposed, you know, so to speak, supposed to have, but I just felt, I felt very like empty in that space. And it just so happened through working with my mentor that he, he one day actually recommended me one of his clients whom he was working with on the you know psychological side and things like that. He, you know, he, he recommended me for like the actionable performance stuff and, you know, basically how to uh, do better in schooling and things surrounding schooling. He knew that what I was doing was a little bit beyond that and started working with him one led to two, led to three. And ultimately what I was finding was that this work was a lot more fulfilling and it was giving me an outlet to be able to use my voice in such a way that kind of like what you're doing is creating the space for current and future entrepreneurs amongst many other things, just creating space for brilliance and excellence in the world that we live in. 
that's awesome. And, and we certainly have a lot of talent that, you know, people like to put young people down, but the truth is it's really about how you apply yourself to life. And, and clearly yep. you're one of those examples that you don't have to go through a 20 year corporate burnout phase before you've learned some serious life lessons that can be applied that you can grow with. As I mentioned before, you're a coach to primarily to teens and, and young adults. And uh, how, how do you typically find your clients today? How, how do you find them and what kind of challenges do you help your clients through? So currently, most of it is honestly through referral. I am going to be doing a pretty massive marketing thing that's going to be a seek other areas and stuff like that. But most of it has been word of mouth, just getting good results for people. And then that person telling another person or being out at events and people hearing my story and kind of the struggle and strife that I went to, to get to where I was at. And like, that's been the main way I've been doing it. But in terms of the work that I'm actually doing, you know, it, the surface level of it is looking at how our immediate actions are currently creating whatever results that we're, we're getting. Like that's the most surface level thing we can ever do is, well, how do I, how do I do better? It's like, well, what actions are you taking? Let's look at your results. Let's see what's, you know, the disconnect between those. But a lot of times what I find is before we can even get to the, you know, how are we going to affect our results? It's, as I kind of talk about it, it's, it's starting to do a lot of the dirty work. We need to go and we need to do our laundry. And really what that means is going downstairs looking at this, the dirty dishes in the sink and doing the dirty dishes. And that is how I relate to it is like doing that deep inner work or shedding light on those aspects of ourselves that are like really not serving us anymore. Because inherently what got us here is not going to get us to wherever it is that we want to go usually. So a lot of the work that I do is, is shedding light on that and then getting a good view of, okay, where do we want to go? And then creating a roadmap and then assessing and realigning as we're going along the way. Gotcha. So that's, that's part of that whole process, of course, is, you know, where do you want to go? Because if you don't have a destination, then any direction will get you there. But knowing where you're at, obviously, is part of that process, because to get from here to there, you have to know what your direction is. And that's yeah. kind of what you're talking about, moving them uh, in that right direction. So do you usually work with your clients in person or online? Or how do you work with your clients? So most of it is currently being done online. I started off doing more in person and then until, you know, more people find me that want to do it in person. I find that generally speaking, the, the easiest way nowadays is we all do. We have some kind of smart device or telephone or, uh, you know, laptops, something like that. And usually it's through video calls online. So it's cool. I can work remotely and be able to interact with people from, you know, various locations, which I do all over the, uh, the country. And you're, you're, had a professor kind of helped you get this direction before he spoke to you. Uh, did you have a different plan for life? I mean, did you have a, a you know a corporate kind of career outlook, or or you just like not really sure what direction to go? Or what what led you to become a life coach? Really, I mean, I know the professor kind of directed you, say, hey, this is good, and it kind of one thing led to another. But did you ever think about becoming a mentor to others or a coach to others? Was that something that you were doing already, or how did how did that part of your life come about? Mm-hmm. So. In my, it's my belief that I never thought that I was going to commit any extended period of time to corporate. And this is just mostly from monkey seeing and monkey not really wanting to do. And what I mean by that is like, you know, seeing people who went down that path and getting the results that they got and saying, if I put myself in their shoes, is that what I want? And ultimately the answer was no. So for me, that, that became very apparent soon on. Now, what I was going to do, I think that that was a little bit more like up in the air. Like I knew that. I believe that I wanted to be able to impart my impart something that I have experienced to someone that could potentially help them. I'm, I'm a wholehearted believer that the answers already lie over there. 
and that I'm, I don't really, I'm not going to necessarily say something or do something that, that they may not already know. It's just, it's sometimes just holding the mirror up so they can see it so that they can, you know, they, they have a better clarity on what, you know, the next action step is. So in terms of the, you know, being coaching, I talked about being in the realm of like speaking and like wanting to speak. And, and like the big dream was like being uh, um, like the, the Martin Luther King Jr. of speaking on the behalf of the people and just like wanting to create this message of living our best lives. And, you know, that was like the original goal was how, how I'm going to get there. And then, you know, he's like, well, you can start working with youth and like having an impact with youth and, you know, providing the roadmap for them, the, as I call it, the, the fast pass to success. Yeah, that's great. And interesting enough is, you know, I, I noticed you haven't really talked about one area and that, that is that you've had some serious challenges in your life that make you very relatable uh, to some of your clients that I, I know that sometimes we go through challenges in life and we think, well, we're the only one that's going through this. Yeah. Uh, but you, you've, you've actually faced and, and moved on and, and excelled in spite of challenges. Uh, you mind sharing some of that story with, with our listeners? Yeah. So, I'll give the highlights because I'm sure I could talk about my story for an extended period of time. But what I will say in, in the highlights is basically in a very short period of time, the way I experienced it from about 2016 and through 2017, like my world kind of got tossed upside down. So like all of those like good things that in, you know, in hindsight, were like, oh, those are great things. Like I was, I was working four jobs, you know, I was, I was schooling full time. I was, I had a girlfriend at the time. Uh, I was, and I always have been like the rock between each of my family, my parents are divorced. So, you know, like kind of, you know, being the rock in between there and stuff like that. Like I had a very full schedule on top of being an athlete and, you know, wanting to take care of my physical health and stuff like that. I was, I was schooling and working upwards of 60, 70 hours a week. Like I was, I was very, very, very busy. And then all at one point, it seemed like everything decided, you know, like they say, like when it rains, it pours, like everything decided that it wanted to take itself out of the drawers and just throw it all over the place. <laughs> and what that looked like um, in that span was, the, the loss of a friend in a car crash, families on both sides kind of battling, uh, me kind of trying to be the, the center focal point of life for them, struggles inside of a relationship, uh, got in a car wreck with my then partner and uh, suffered some severe injuries on top of an ankle injury that had uh, suffered and like uh, basically made it enable for me to be able to walk on my own for about nine months. And then uh, in addition to that, I had my grandfather pass away, another friend uh, take his own life. And my dog passed away. That was that was kind of like, that was the last like kind of final piece of like when I finally got to my, my breaking point where I was kind of like brought to my knees where like all these things decided that they were going to happen back to back to back to back to back. And, and in hindsight, I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing. But what no one prepared me for was like the unrelenting feelings of depression and anxiety and like, that throbbing pain that eventually led to, and this was probably when I, I think I realized was at the lowest I could go, which was full numbness. And really what that being was like, you know, it's one thing to, to feel anger, to feel sadness, to feel happy or whatever it is. But it's like, it's one point where like all that goes away and you feel nothing. And you just kind of like question everything like, well, what's the point? At least that's how I felt. And, and I, I just knew like this wasn't what I was meant for. Like I wasn't meant to, this isn't right. And, you know, on top of then the, what became created from that was like this, this assault, this like mental assault of thoughts that were not serving, like, you know, not being worthy, not being good enough. Am I going to ever be able to, you know, X, Y, Z, I've, I've had all of the thoughts and ultimately got to a point where I, it was 
I had no choice because I had been so low that I had to start doing something else. And that was when I went on this like ravenous pursuit of healing and personal development and growth and like trying to seek all of the pain and everything that I had held inside of me. Because the thing was, was that entire experience where all that stuff happened, I never cried. I never got angry. I never got nothing. Like I didn't even have any kind of experience with it. It was almost like I took it, internalized it and shut it down. Wow. That's so true. came out the other side of that. Yeah. And, and Jared, I, I sure appreciate you sharing that part of the story because that's, that's not an easy thing to share. And I just thought it was very important for our audience to know, look, you may be 23 years old, but you've been through the ringer. I mean, literally been through mm -hmm. the ringer. And yet here you are today and you, you were a, a great young man. I had the pleasure of meeting you recently. And as a matter of fact, talking about your injuries, one of the first things I remembered from, from the event we met at is somebody asked you, would you do a backflip? And you just did a standing backflip. So you've obviously succeeded even in your physical stature of, of recovering from injury. But more importantly, if you've taken some incredible mental and emotional challenges and you have found a way to succeed despite yeah. the challenges. And because of that, you can truly help somebody else who's going through these kinds of scenarios. And that's why I thought it was so important to bring that out for our listeners, because mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there are listeners out here right now who are saying, look, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do you know, next month. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, much less next month. And right now I'm just, I'm kind of stuck. And solopreneurship may be the answer, but sometimes you, you have to move past the internal strife and you have to find what's going on inside and settle those, those issues before you can really uh, move past them. And, yeah. and Jared, you, you not only have done that, but you're helping other people to do that. And, and teenagers, oh my goodness, I've, I've got teens of my own. I've got seven kids. Our teenagers, yes, <laughs> but they they have these challenges and, and, and it's just getting harder these days, it seems, uh, even than when I was a teenager. And I won't say how old I am today, <laughs> but a little bit older than 23. And uh, the truth of the matter is you're making, you're making a difference. Jared, I just want to thank you for that. Now, talking about the physical side of things, and I'm just curious because one of the things you mentioned to me when we were talking before was that when you felt this depression or you felt this anxiety, you often found that it wasn't enough movement in your life. And I remember I see where we have this video live chat as we record this podcast show today. And I see Jared and he's kind of bouncing. Are you using a, like an exercise ball to sit on or I notice that you're moving? Oh, right now? Yeah. Oh, I'm on top of uh, the, like the yoga balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. See, so, so, so movement is a part of your life. It is it's part of your every day. That's terrific. Share with me what you told me last time we talked. You told me about how movement, when you, when you found it, you know, feelings were a little bit out of whack, how mm -hmm. movement helped there. I'd love you to share uh, that with our audience. Yeah. So if I may preface it a little bit. Sure. So the, the whole kind of concept of movement is life. Uh, that came to me after kind of like having that experience of like having been so low. And what I found was, and I think that this is common, I actually read this in a, in a, in a study recently. And it was really interesting because I, it's like, you've ever done something and you do it, do it, do it. And then, then you like see or hear a term for it, or you're like, oh snap, like, yeah, like that's that thing I've been experiencing. What that was for me, this aha moment was when it said that people who had these experiences of depression and like struggles with mental health and things like that in that realm was that things that were previously super enjoyable, things that like lit that person up or brought them joy or just filled their cup, so to speak, of like their overall sense of well-being, those things lost their flavor. And like those things lost their ability to like bring them that joy. And I remembered that when I was at that all time low, that I had cut out movement from my life. I stopped moving. 
I stopped, um, I stopped eating right. I stopped exercising. I stopped being out in sunlight. I spent more time inside. Like the easiest way for me to run away was like video games, tons and tons of video games. And I know I'm not the only person who's, who has used or is using video games or other, you know, media, social media, anything like that as a coping mechanism for the pain, but that's a whole nother subject. But like, I was not moving. And one day, like I was like immersed myself into this new culture into acro yoga, which led my path down to acrobatics and all those things. Like that was when I, it was all of a sudden the torch was ignited. The fire was inside of me again. And even then and now, like I'm still going through this work. Like I'm constantly doing the work and I'll never tell someone like, Oh, you know, I'm at the end. I can look back and say, no, like I'm always doing the work and it's always, it's a struggle sometimes now, like to just go outside and to get the work in. But when I go and when I move and people with whom I work with same as well as when you get in and you go do something, it doesn't need to be lifting weights. It can be longboarding. It can be throwing a Frisbee. It can be just getting out in nature and doing art, whatever it is for that person, like something that actually gets them moving, especially when they're struggling. And if they're a solopreneur, like it gets difficult. Like you, you, there's all of a sudden you have all these different directions that you're running and you got to, in my opinion, you should always make time to move your body where the earth, the universe and all that, like it's, it's always constantly moving. We know this, you know, so we should probably follow suit and do the same. That sounds good. Now I sit at my desk most of the day too. I'm, I'm a writer. So what do you recommend for desk jockeys like me? Is there like a certain amount or kind of movement that, or just like you said, is it just a matter of just finding what fits and, and works for you? What, what would you suggest? Well, you know, sure. first I would just, you know, say the best thing to do is start with, you know, what is it that I'm already doing? You know, if the answer is nothing, then it's like, okay, well, most people, the answer or excuse that I hear is I don't have the time. That's a big one. And like, first thing is we have to get over our objections. And it's like, okay, if you have no time, like make five minutes. And even if that's just to go outside, like walk around, stretch, catch the sunset, catch the sunrise, or just be out and about, like, I get it. Like I spent I spend a lot of time at the desk, but what I've learned is that at some point you have to set a boundary, like at seven o'clock, I'm done. I'm going to go for a walk. Or I'm going to go and I'm going to take up a martial art or I'm going to take up dance. You know, it's ultimately, I can't tell the person what they're going to like. You know, everyone's got their different things that they enjoy. But I would say that it's just one, instilling that childlike wonder and knowing that novelty and challenge are some of the most important things when it comes to growth and development. Like we enjoy new things, not too much, not too little and challenge something that's going to actively be moving the meter and challenge you know, moving. It's going to be constantly keeping us on our toes to grow and expand. So even if it's just five, 10, 15 minutes, keep building on it. You know, maybe it's the best answer. And I think some people can go the wrong way is trying to do too much, which is I'm going to go and commit this January 1st, New Year's resolution to working out one hour a day, every single day. And then people fall off and they're like, Oh, why? It's like, well, you know, don't try to do too much too soon. Just try to get that, that little habit in and then see the results and you feel better. And you're like, okay, okay, I can do this. Yeah, that makes so much sense too, because you, you don't want to get stale. And I, I love what you said, you know, the mixture of, of novelty and challenge. And I love that because you know, I've been trying to do the same thing, like getting my dog out to walk more, like four mile walk around the neighborhood, local park, and just have a great time in the sunshine, the fresh air. And I love to move, but sometimes I just don't make the time. Uh, mm -hmm. So we actually started tracking uh, how often am I doing it? So how many days a week am I actually doing some kind of exercise, whether it's walking a dog or going to the gym or whatever it is. And I try to get at least three days a week. I, I'd love to get that up higher than that, but I figured as a start. <laughs> so I'm going to get back to the right path, the right direction. So I appreciate that. That's definitely 
something that I think most people who do the computer and information type work these days yeah. kind of need to make a point to get off the computer and get out and uh, do something active. And I, I, I love that. Working with your clients, I kind of come back around a little bit with the conversation here. What do you find they typically get stuck on? Is there like, is, is there like typical plateaus or there's like, I can't move forward because I'm stuck on something. What do you typically see in your clients that you would perhaps say, you know, this is something that maybe solopreneurs could think about as, as something to uh, consider moving past and how to do it. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, this is kind of funny. I, I think that a lot of times kind of like symptomatic treatment in terms of like health, sometimes we'll say it's one thing, but it's like deeper. So what I mean by that is, for example, I might say, uh, if I, I work with a client and, and they say, oh, well, you know, I, I didn't do it because, and there's a, some kind of reason or excuse. I don't have the time. I don't have the money or I don't have whatever, whatever that excuse is. Normally, when we dig a little deeper, it, it's, it's not even that thing entirely because, you know, I, I had one client where the answer to, you know, why didn't, why didn't this thing get done? It was a, it was a very simple task. And you're like, why didn't it get done? It was, oh, well, you know, like uh, I got out of school at this time late and then traffic and all that stuff. And I, and I was like, okay, how much time did you spend playing video games at night? Oh, I played two hours. Okay. So, you know, that, that's not the issue. So, you know, what, what's the real issue? And I started asking and then it, what it got to was, and I think this is pretty common is he's like, well, I mean, I, I guess it's like, I just, I didn't really understand it. I, I didn't feel like I was competent. And, and there's this whole, totally ripping this off um, from something I heard from Brendan Burchard. I think it's brilliant. He said, uh, there's this whole competency confidence loop. When I feel more competent, I feel more confident. When I feel more confident, I loop that back into my competence. So sometimes it's, you know, I just don't feel like I have the available resources. And, you know, maybe sometimes it is just like a, a lack of proper planning. But I think that they're the best thing or the most important thing to do is, oh, I have, I have an obstacle. It's like, okay. Well, set your reasons and excuses aside for a second and remind yourself of why you're doing it in the first place is normally what I kind of come to, but it's definitely being with whatever it is that they're saying and seeing if that really is what it is that's causing the disconnect. Yeah. And I, and I find the same thing with myself. Sometimes when I, when I have this task and it just keeps getting shuffled to the next day's to-do list, the next day's to-do list that never gets done, it's, it usually boils down to, honestly, fear because I think I'm going to do a lousy job as competency and confidence yep. or lack of understanding, like you said. And it's really a matter of sometimes taking a big task and just breaking it down into simple steps. So if you can do that, take a big project, like for example, I'm writing a book right now and taking that into smaller pieces. And I had a conversation recently with, with another person, Elizabeth Hans, and was talking about in our conversation about how you take those, you break it down to a chapter and you break the chapter into segments. And then instead of a huge book, you have like these little 500 word articles you're writing and you get the job done. And that's yeah. exactly what I've been doing with my book. And, and it really does help to get clarity by making your tasks simpler. If you're, say you're a copywriter and, and you're stuck in this monstrous-sized sales letter, break it down. Yep. A headline, an idea, a lead, whatever it is. Whatever the job is that you're trying to accomplish, you know, break it down. Make it simple and understandable and something you can actually accomplish in a short period of time. Not like all day long. How about even an hour? or two hours, that would help a lot. You ever see your clients use that kind of technique to get them past the hurdle? Chunking, essentially? Yeah, exactly. Oh, 
100%. I mean, it's it's so hard in retrospect when the, the normal go-to model is I'm walking, walking, walking. Oh, snap, there's a mountain. And you look up at the mountain and it's this treacherous looking escapade that's like, how could I ever possibly? Now imagine that on every single thing that we ever do, right? If like, if I want to learn how to do a backflip, I see somebody do like, how could I possibly ever do a backflip? Or if it's, I want to learn how to properly budget a, you know, X, Y, and Z. How could I do that? I've never had that, you know, whatever it is, insert, right? Insert problem, insert mountain. We immediately look at that from bottom up, but sometimes what I find, this is, I mean, I say sometimes like all the time, is using what is in technical terms called backwards design with the end in mind. So now I'm staying at the top of the mountain and working backwards. And kind of like what you said, I think it ultimately boils down to, and this is nothing new, like creating milestones and being able to say that, for example, just basic thing, if, if I have a student who's saying, you know, I have a test coming up in calculus and it's going to be on, uh, you know, this many chapters and, you know, I'm just, I'm terrified. Like there's so many things to do and whatever, da, da, da. it's like, okay, got it. Well, you could spend 100% of your time worrying or you could spend 100% of your time figuring out how it is that you're going to get the best possible results because every single second that you're wasting worrying about how tough it's going to be is a second that you could be, I don't know, perhaps, and this is one of the most brilliant and simple things I've ever learned, reaching out to somebody who has experience, whether it's a peer, like there's a million people in the world probably already doing what we're doing. And a lot of times we feel as solopreneurs that we have to do this on our own, or if you're a student or if you're a youth, you have to do it on your own. No, reach out to somebody who knows, cheat off their test, so to speak, not literally, but like, you know, reach out and say, hey, I know you're doing really well. Can I, can we like, you know, study together or something? I'd love to learn from you. Reach out to the teacher. Like somebody has this body of knowledge, reach out to them, talk to them, break it down, do the work. Exactly. Uh, Solopreneurs, listen up. Just because you're a solopreneur does not mean you're alone in the world. And oh my goodness, too many folks, uh, they get hung up this idea, I've got to do everything and you don't. And when there are things you need to do and you, you don't know how to accomplish it, there are people who have been where you're at and where you're trying to go and can help you through it. And so that, that's brilliant advice. Exactly right. Now, here's a, here's a crazy question for you. I'm just going to throw something crazy at you, Jared. Consider what you've already accomplished. This sounds almost silly to ask, but what do you think you wasted the most time on in getting your business started? Uh, all that stuff that we were just talking about, about uh, I don't know how to do this, X, Y, and Z. Dude, like looking at a business from an outside perspective, looking in from being at my age is like this, this whole, like the mountain, right? I spent so much time looking at the mountain. Again, like I'm a firm believer that we oftentimes teach what we need to learn the most. So being able to get past reasons and excuses and objections and looking at problems, maybe even switching and saying this problem is an opportunity for growth and just getting past it. And I'm constantly having to do the work in this area. But the biggest thing that I think that really stopped me was my own excuses, my own reasons, my lack of knowing and not being willing to ask for help. And I think that there comes, if you know, if you call it what you want, call it ego, call it whatever you want, but this whole like, it, this is my brainchild or this is my thing or whatever. Like, look, anybody who is an expert in their own right and who has massive success, I guarantee you like 100% they are delegating the vast majority of, of the work that constitutes the entire institution or organization or whatever it is, they are delegating the most of it and they're focusing on what they do really well, learning how to, how to do those things. Yeah. Focus on where you're excellent at so, and offloading the stuff that's just time uh, wasters uh, as far as your business is concerned, because that's the thing. If you're excellent in one area, let that be your focus and, mm-hmm. and use it, you know, if it's a virtual assistant you need, or if it's a coach you need, or it's a, 
whatever you need, you know, maybe you need a book editor or what have you, find the person who's going to help you move the stuff that's not your core specialty off your plate so you can make the most of the time you, you have. Because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Let's make the most of that with the area of our specialty. So one last question for you, Jared, and I, I sure appreciate uh, your time with us today and your audience here is, I'm sure, loving this and eating it up. So what for you is next? What's next on your business? Are you going to take it to a next level? What, what's, what's next on your plate? I would say that it's, I mean, in its own right, it's just awareness uh, outside of like continuing to do the work on myself. Cause I believe that the more work that I do on myself, I, this whole, like after college, you stop learning. Like now, like that's when you should be learning more. The more I learn about myself, the more that, you know, hopefully I can you know share that with other people. It's creating more awareness around what it is that I'm doing. And especially as I'm going to be going and speaking, be partnering up with a friend of mine that one of my, the friend who I mentioned, who is no longer with us, his mom is being a campaign surrounding mental health and bringing awareness and like talking and having people's voices be heard. So like that's one element, but the biggest thing is like spreading the word about what is I'm doing and hitting massive expansion and awareness and being able to have this be something that inspires youth now and for in the foreseeable future and beyond. Oh, that's tremendous. And so you're making a, a real impact in the world. And that's, that's key. You know, if you want to leave a legacy, you have to do the work and you're doing the work. Uh, Jared, this has been a wonderful conversation. And I, I know that uh, our listeners are going to want to learn more about you and, and like to, some of them reach out for you. And, and parents, if you have a teenager, Jared does most of his coaching work online. So I encourage you to reach out to Jared and, and see if perhaps you can help your teenager move to the next level, uh, get past some of the challenges and perhaps uh, just having somebody closer uh, to them like Jared is might be exactly what they need to move their life to where they want to be. So Jared, mm. where, where would people reach out to you? Where do they find you at? Yeah. So whether it's Facebook or Instagram, they're both going to be under Jared Castillo. That's J-A-R-R-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. And then uh, the website is jaredcastillo.com. And some of the things to look forward to that are going to be rolling out really soon, a part of that expansion is a YouTube channel, a podcast, and some other amazing things as well that are coming out, group coaching programs and stuff like that. But that's all, it's all in the works. But yeah, you know, reach out and uh, we'd love to connect with anybody. That's exciting. Hey, Jared, I wish you the very best with uh, your, your business. And, and for the students you're coaching, I think that's so exciting that they're going to get the benefit of your life experience you have already and be able to move to the next level that many teenagers and young adults don't get that, that benefit. So I, I applaud you for making that a reality. Thank you for being on the show today, Jared. Steve, thank you for you know, the work you're doing around creating this platform to be able to bring invaluable advice to you know, solopreneurs. I think that that's absolutely amazing and it's absolutely necessary. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. Come soar with us by joining our community at startgrowsoar.com. Again, that's startgrowsoar.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, solopreneur, Steve Combs here again. You can find all the show notes for today's episode at startgrowsoar.com forward slash 008. Not only did Jared share great advice on living your best life and hitting your goals, I hope you also realize now age should never be a barrier to success. But if you're thinking, yeah, but Jared is young and I'm a little more seasoned, make sure to listen to my interview next week with Dr. Gail Carson, a self-described SOB, that means spunky old broad, 
you're going to get the benefit of her tremendous advice from the other end of the age spectrum. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. See you next week.